And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 163. Happy to be live here on Facebook. Happy to be a member of the Education Podcast Network, as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada, iTunes, wherever you are listening or watching. Uh, really grateful to be part of all of those groups and to be on show number 163. It's great. I love the podcast. I love being live uh, here on Facebook, and uh, it's all good. So I appreciate you tuning in. If you are watching live today, uh, leave myself and today's guest a comment or a question and get involved in the podcast. It's nice to, to be interactive. So don't be shy if you're watching live. But we are going to meet Kerry Greenwell here in a moment. Kerry is the 2021, in the middle of a pandemic, the 2021 Principal of the Year uh, in Missouri, the High School Principal of the Year. And uh, it's an honor to have her on. I got to meet Kerry out in the the Ozarks a few weeks ago uh, at the Missouri Conference, and and here she is now on the podcast. Kerry, when you come on, my mom is watching, so we better be on our best behavior. My mom's my number one fan, so I appreciate uh, her support. And uh, again, thanks for tuning in. So uh, let's get started. A couple of uh, announcements, a couple of commercials. May 1st, I am running a free book writing workshop. Um, It is on my website. You can sign up. Uh, Many school leaders, many, many leaders out there have uh, asked about how'd you do it, Andrew? How'd you write the book? How'd you get going with it? Uh, And I want to I want to share a little bit about that journey. May 1st, it's on my website. Uh, you know, kind of not how to write a book, but how, how to get going with it, how to do it. Uh, uh, should I self-publish? Do I need a publisher? Uh, a lot of Q&A, things like that. So uh, a little commercial there. And uh, to kick off today's show, uh, a little story, right? Carrie's a busy principal. I'm a busy principal. I'm juggling stuff. I may or may not have shorts on under my dress shirt here because I'm going to go running. I'm going to get some exercise. And then I have a school function later tonight. Uh, so I got to juggle all those things, and and how do we do it, right? So the story is of Roger Bannister, Sir Roger Bannister, Oxford, England, uh, nineteen fifty four. Roger Bannister was the first person who broke the four minute mile. Roger Bannister was also a medical student, and how can a medical student? break the worldwide record there uh, for the first person to run a four-minute mile. Well, Roger Bannister skipped a different class each day so he could do his training. He only trained for about an hour a day. So it's not what you put into – it's not the time that you put in. It's what you put into the time. We as school leaders, you got to be engaged in the time. you got to be selective how you spend your time. You could get lost scrolling on your phone or Facebook, things like that. Uh, so it's important how you spend your time. It's a great story. You want to learn more about that. Sir Roger Bannister was a medical student when he broke the four-minute mile. And uh, you would think it's someone training eight hours a day, all in, private trainer, all of that. No, he was a med student, uh, and he broke it. So uh, I encourage you as a school leader maximize your time and you can't go to everything right i'm going to ask carrie about what what she's doing to juggle her 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 busy life as well and uh let's have me stop talking and let's bring carrie into the program here 
And boom, there she is live from Missouri. Welcome, uh, Kerry Greenwell, to uh, Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and welcome, Kerry. Uh, again, as I said in the pregame uh, or the pre-show, uh, we had a chance to meet in Missouri. And Kerry, you are the 2021 MOSAP, as they uh, told me, but the Missouri High School Principal of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. It's quite the honor. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. And I know as the principal, you never want to brag or boast. I know it's all about your school and all about your staff and they supported you. But tell me, Carrie, tell us, tell our audience here about winning that award and what it's meant for you, your school district, your family. So it is a big honor. First of all, I'm very blessed to work where I do. And I do give credit for the people that I work with. Um, but I know that I was elected as the Northeast Missouri. We have regions in Missouri. So our Northeast region, um, they selected me through a secret ballot vote to be the representative for the Northeast part of Missouri. And then that sent me on into the finals for the Missouri principal of the year. And then um, I was chosen as that and was completely shocked at a pep rally one day. <laughs> so they had uh, planned for several weeks to present this award to me, and we had bad weather days in Missouri. We had almost eight days and two different weeks where we could not be in school due to our rural community. You know, we don't have a lot of, we are very rural. I'll, I'll explain that later to you. But so we did have four days and two different weeks where we didn't have school. So they kept having to change this assembly. And so I, we were going into district basketball. We were having our annual district basketball pep rally. And we went through all of that. And I'm standing at the back wall like normal, watching the kids, making sure they're behaving. And then uh, I noticed that Mrs. Gaines, our superintendent, had the microphone. And I thought, well, she's going to give one of her pep talks that she does occasionally. <laughs> and so then the next thing I saw were Doug Mertz and Clark Marchand walking in from the, they were, you know, the head directors and of Missouri Association of Secondary School Principals. So then I was trying to take a deep breath because I knew something big was going to happen. But the next thing that happened, my husband and my sister-in-law and my sisters and my parents walked in and I had not seen my parents since Thanksgiving. Wow. And for a while because of COVID and we yeah. were social distancing and uh, we talk on the phone daily or things like that, but they had not been to anything like that. And so then I was really like, Oh no, what's going to happen? And I, my son had texted me that morning and congratulated me. He's a student at Mizzou and I didn't know what he was talking about. And so we were texting back and forth and I still said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, oh, mom, ha ha. And so all of this, I'm just still in my principal mode going, we're doing my job. And then they surprised me with that award and it was huge. So wow. very nice. So what a beautiful story. What a nice surprise uh, set up uh, by your district and, uh, um, Carrie, we're going to learn about why you won the award, but you mentioned about your district. Like, where are you in Missouri? We're located here an hour and a half northwest of New York City uh, in Port Jervis, New York. Beautiful. But where where are you? If I'm looking at the map of Missouri, and okay. tell me a little bit about the culture of your district. Okay, so we are located in northeast Missouri, approximately 45 minutes from Hannibal, Missouri, which is the home of Mark Twain. We're about 45 minutes from Kirksville, Missouri. Um, 
about an hour and a half north of Columbia, Missouri. And we are, if you were to drive down the road to find our school, you're going to find corn and soybeans on both sides. Cattle. Wow. Um, I mean, our kids are farm kids. A lot of them are farm kids. Good wow. work ethic. How far, how far from Missouri? I mean, Missouri, how far from St. Louis? Two and a half hours, probably. Okay. Wow. Okay. And about three hours from Kansas City, probably. Okay. So, All right. Well, yeah. very good. So, Kerry, and again, I know you don't want to brag. My dad used to say SPS, self-paced things. But what what are some of the things that you know you believe is why they picked you as principal of the year? Tell me about your leadership and your impact on that school community. Well, I think part of it is my passion for kids and my heart for kids. I'm probably not the typical old style principal necessarily. Um, I am more about relationships mm. and not saying the other principals aren't, but uh, it's a lot about relationships and building the relationships with your students, their parents and your staff and your community. And that's what I'm about. If it doesn't matter what the kid is, what the kid's doing, we're going to try to work through it together, whether it's positive or negative. So that's a lot of my leadership style, I would say. Communication is huge, and I know I lack in that sometimes just because of the busyness of the job. Sure. But uh, try to make sure that we're all on this. At least everybody is aware of what's going on and trying to work together as a team. Okay. And if you're watching live, again, I'd love for you to jump in and, and ask Carrie a question or get involved in the show. Um Carrie, you also taught uh, in that school for 18 years, right? Like you were a veteran, veteran teacher, you know. Yes. And so what made you then make the change at that point in your career, right? Because you were past the like, you know, the halfway point you were past. You, you know, normally you teach seven, eight, nine years, right? And then you make the leap. You were there 18 years as a teacher. What made you uh, make that change? And how has that helped you to where you are now? First of all, uh, I am a graduate of North Shelby, which I don't know. Wow. <laughs> so I went away and taught three years at a different district before I came back here. And my former English teacher retired. And so I was able to get her job after she retired. And so I taught English and for 18 years here. And I played basketball here. I am a, a hometown, very full of pride about my school <laughs> and that it came from those days as a lady raider. And as I moved into um, other occupation, you know, into that occupation of education, because I knew I always wanted to help people someday. Uh, just coming back home, my first niece was born the year I moved back home. And so I wanted to be an aunt. I wasn't married at the time. And so I just moved into that English position and helped coach here. So when the transition went into administration, I actually received my master's degree in 2001, which was the same year I had my first child and realized then was not the time to be a principal because I was a new mom and I wanted to be a mom too. So then um, our principal, who was the principal when I was teaching at the last six years or whatever, uh, he had decided to retire and go back part-time as an ag teacher. And I had a little bit of fear of who's going to step into that office and sit at that desk. 
And I decided that now was the time my kids were older. Uh, my husband was supportive. So I decided now's the time to take the leap. And if it's meant to be, it will happen. And if it's not, it will be some other time. And so I was able to interview with the panel of teachers and superintendent and then with the board and get this job in 2014. Wow. So. Well, congratulations. You went to school, you taught there. You, and that, <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic. And so uh, being in that building that long, being in that community that long, is that a benefit to you now in the role that you serve? Or is it something that they all know you, there's too much familiarity? I know there's pluses and minuses. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about both of those. So I think the pluses are that I am from here. I know the expectations of the district. I know the core values, um, what we're about, and we do have high expectations. So I wanted to maintain those. Uh, one of the hardest things is transitioning from that teacher who used to not like to go to the professional development meetings to having to lead those professional development meetings as the principal or um, teach, you know, the teachers you were friends with. Well, now there's a little bit of difference. You're still friends, but yet you can't always be friends. And that that's a difficult transition. Yeah. yeah. But communication helps with that. Absolutely. And you touched on that before. Yeah. Carrie, so what are some ways that you think you excel in communication, right? Because relationships, it's a two-way street communication, but tell me some of the things that you do to, to help communicate. So maybe some different avenues or different techniques that you do in that area. Well, one thing, um, first of all, I like to go to the person and have a discussion because I yeah. think that still verbal communication is important and i feel like in the times we live in now it's much easier to do it electronically <laughs> through text message or an email or whatever and i do send a lot of emails but try to make them meaningful i guess not one of those rambling oh there's another email <laughs> i'm gonna read that later so uh i have a monday memo that i create every weekend and i send that out to the teachers first thing on monday mornings and it's the events of the week, what's going to happen, the times. I try to include, I always include the student birthdays for that week and we put those up on the announcement screen on the TV so that people see whose birthday is that week. And then I uh, try to include some kind of teaching strategy video or a quote, you know, motivational quote or something to inspire them for that week as well. So that's one form of communication I use. Uh, we post a lot of congratulatory information and school information on our school Facebook page and our community bulletin. So as far as with my teachers, it's person, you know, face to face. They know I have an open door policy. Um, and then if the door is closed, that means there's something really seriously going on or closed door conversation or a phone call. So, yeah. Okay. And Carrie, what do you think of the opening story in terms of maximizing your time? You had to juggle some things around and move some things to make this happen, but you made it happen and you're present and you're here. But what do you think about that, right? It's not necessarily the time that you put in, but it's what you put into the time. What were your thoughts on that? I think that's very true. Um, being a principal in a small district, I supervise majority of the events. And so I'm, I could be gone four out of five nights a week because wow. Wednesday are usually off unless there's a board meeting. Um, so tonight I'm missing uh, my son's track meet and I'm, there's a baseball game that's going to start here at five o'clock. And so I have to pick and choose. Uh, it's really good to work with my um, 
my superintendent and our AD because they cover for me when I need to be at my own kids events. So I only have one kid left in school here to, you know, follow around. So, but he plays all sports all season long. So, you know, we're, we're fall, winter and spring now. So. Wow. And, and you mentioned those boys, uh, you know, your two sons, your husband, you know, it's you and three guys in the house, Carrie, you know, yeah. how has that helped you uh, in your role as a school leader? You're around teenage boys all the time as, as a principal here, you know, being around all those guys, has that helped you in your, in your role? I think so. Um, I think they probably think I'm harder on them because I am their mom and they're, you know, their principal, but thankful that thankfully they are good boys that we just don't have too much trouble with them at times, but uh, they give me a hard time. They like to tease me, but I can give it back. So we're, we're good with that. Um, but there's never a dull moment. They are funny and into sports and outdoors. And it's, it's, I don't know what my life would be like without that busy feeling. So yeah, I don't know what retirement will ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, I mean, again, you're doing the job well and you'll, you'll continue to do that. Carrie, let me ask you this question, right? When, a, when a man is uh, strong and assertive and, you know, they'll say he's tough or strong leadership. You you live with uh, men, you have boys in the school. But when a woman, a woman does that sometimes, they might use a different adjective. I work with a strong assistant principal here, and, and she's a great leader, and, and I admire her in a lot of ways. But sometimes women get a bad rap when they're a strong leader. They use a different word. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? How can a woman be strong and assertive and aggressive at times? Without, without being frowned upon or without being looked upon that she's off-putting or something like that? Well, I think determination. I'm, I'm a very determined person usually. Uh, so I think my work ethic also helps with that because I don't know if it matters if you're male or female, but if you put the time and the work into something, then it should you should reap the benefits for it eventually. And that's that's how I was brought up to work hard for what you want and uh, to not give up. You know, you don't let COVID stop you. You don't, <laughs> all those things that can really throw your year out of whack when you're a principal, but determination, strong will, uh, level-headed, try to think of things from all different viewpoints before reacting. And I can react too quickly sometimes and people who know me would know that. So, but I, I try to think before I speak. <laughs> so, and we've learned that over time, haven't we? Yes, you grow, yes. you mature, and you learn from your mistakes. So, absolutely, and and we can we got to forgive ourselves, right? We got to we got to keep moving on. Tomorrow, there's a new day. There's another teacher, and you know, and again, we spoke about at the at the conference uh, in, in my session there about the five SWs, right? Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. So what? Someone's waiting, so stick with it. You, we have to have that uh, ability to keep moving on. Um, you're also a, a hoopster. You mentioned about all the sports you're involved with, but you played high school and college basketball. Uh, tell me about that. I was a hoops guy too. I was a, a college pitcher. Uh, but tell me about your life as a, a hoops uh, gal, and how has that served you? Well, that was a long time ago, so it served me two knee replacements. <laughs> so, wow. But, uh, no, yeah. seriously, um, seriously, that was my life, probably my sophomore through 
so my sophomore probably my sophomore year of high school through my sophomore year of college was all I did. Um, when I wasn't doing my homework or working at a job or something, we were at the courts in Shelbyville playing basketball, or we were in the gym, or we were at some traveling team events or show me games or league night, you know, um, it, we had a strong team then and that's what we were. And so that got me a you know, scholarships to college that helped pay for my education. Yeah. And then I, uh, blew my ACL my freshman year, January of my freshman year. And then I had to have that ACL repaired in February. So I was out six months or more um, rehabbing all of that and then came back to play my sophomore year and had the big chunky brace that they don't make anymore because they make them much smaller and lighter and they fit better. But uh, so I went through that and that was a very character building time in my life because yeah. I realized that I probably didn't have my priorities quite straight <laughs> and that there was more to life than basketball. And so that made me reflect quite a bit and then uh, played again my sophomore year. But then the doctor told me, if you want to bike and swim with your kids when you're in your 40s, you probably need to get up college sports. Wow. And so uh, my coach was, for, you know, he was nice enough and gracious enough to extend my scholarship and help me. I was still part of the team as the sports information director and helped with the JP team. And so they still kept me in the loop with the team. I mean, I'm still part of the team and I met some really great girls. They are some of my best friends from those days are those girls that you met while playing basketball. So, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, Carrie. And tell me about the adjustment for you, not being the driving force on the court, but maybe someone helping support the team. Tell me about that adjustment. Well, at first you go through that. Oh, woe is me. Yeah. I can't believe this happened. I'm never going to, be able to be what I was. And I was starting on the varsity team when I did, when this happened and it was, you know, as a freshman I, and it's a small school. Yes, but it still was, it meant something to me. And uh, there were some other girls that had injuries as well. So we were there together to um, pick each other up, I guess, and help each other through that detrimental moment when you realize that your life has changed with your, you know, with your sports. But Honestly, the you know the things you go through to rehab that knee and the pain you go through and the much as much time as I spent in the trainer's room, um, I met more people and uh, just my faith and my reading my Bible and the you know it just was something that helped me I think grow closer to God and that's probably maybe why it happened. I just needed to get my priorities straight at that time in my life. So. Wow. Wow, that that is that's a great story, and and here you are, right, supporting the team and all of that, and you're doing uh, that's you know wow. Because I was, I was, I loved sports too, and that drives me today, and that drove drove me as an official as well. But I think that sports background is is just great for for all leaders uh, to have. So good for you, good for you, and good for you about being so involved with your school community and sports and. Uh, that's awesome when you have a leader that knows the value of sports. So. Yeah, I just think it's character building and you do have to work hard if you want to excel and you have to take your chewing outs and, <laughs> and learn how to let them roll because I didn't when I was younger and I did as I got older. So yeah. that helps too.
So, Carrie, you, you had to step away from playing sports, and that's an outlet for a lot of people, right? So happy to have our kids back playing again. Um, how now, you know, do you have that outlet? What are some things that you do as a leader to de-stress, some things to do to, to kind of get away from school and, and kind of take your mind off things? So what are some some tips that you would have? Well, some first of all, I have to I, – it took a while, but I had to learn to realize there are things I cannot control. <laughs> and so you have to let those go, and sometimes that's hard for me to let it go and not think I can fix something. And that was – the way I felt at the beginning of the school year when we were still dealing with the coronavirus and the pandemic and I was having to put kids in quarantine that, and I just like, so um, when that happened, you know, I had to realize I cannot control COVID. I just have to do my job and keep the kids safe as best I can. And so that's what I did there. And you, and, can't, control, you can't control you now either. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the phone's ringing and I'm going to ignore it. So, <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. No worries. But I do have to unplug sometimes because my phone could be dinging at all different hours, you know, so I have to put that away sometimes. One of the things I do, I like to read. So I escape in some kind of usually a psychological thriller, but I also read motivational uh, books and things, my Bible. And then uh, the other thing, um, I do, I like to scrapbook. And so I like to keep the memories of my kids and their events going. And I'm way behind on that because once you become a principal, there isn't time to get those things organized, but I do like to do that and make handmade cards. So nice. I have a paper collection. So, yeah. Yeah. so now is your, your youngest son, he's in school with you now. Yes. He's a junior here. What's that like being the, the, the principal and the mom in the same building? Well, he, he would have a different opinion probably because um, I, I tend to know when things are going on or, you know, he, for, I, I'm sure we are one of the only schools in the United States that still has a no facial hair policy. Wow. Yeah, so there are razors and shaving cream in my office, and so at home, or if he's riding in the car with me, and I see a little bit of facial hair, I'm like, oh, you need to shave when we get to school, or did you shave last night? And I know he gets sick and so sick and tired of hearing that, but th that's just one of the little things, but um, overall, it's it's good to have the boys here because it worked in my schedule because that we live in a different school district, and so when they were young... Uh, it wouldn't work in my husband or my schedule to really figure out who's going to watch them after school. And so they just came to school with me since kindergarten and that's, oh, wow. they've grown up at school. So they, oh, wow. they know. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about that, Carrie. That seems very, yeah, old, old fashioned. And I grew up watching the Yankees and that you couldn't have that at the Yankees. But what, what's that rule all about? That rule has been in the book. I bet since 1970 something, I don't know. And um, the board has maintained that all these years, even though we've had some people, you know, question it or come to the board about it. Um, and I think it's because of our expectations. The kids look clean. They look not that people with facial hair don't look clean, but when they're teenage boys and they've got scruffy, I don't know. It's just they have. I don't know. It's very interesting because it gets challenged every five to 10 years. <laughs> it's yeah. so, so yeah. 
don't know. It'll be interesting to see how long it goes. Sure. <laughs> we had, we had uh, in, in Port Jervis, New York, uh, years ago, went to the Supreme Court. You can look it up. Hats uh, in school. And there was no hats, right? And they and they it went to the Supreme Court. And the ruling was um, you could have them at school. You could have them in the hallways. You can't have them in the classroom uh, because it was deemed a distraction to the educational process. Um, that, that even that's kind of faded away. We have some that say, Hey, you got that old fashioned kind of take your hat off indoors, but yeah. you know, we don't, oh, you know, I'm sure this could be challenged. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on from the facial hair. Well, one of your, uh, another one of your passions, it seems you really love where you are and it's, that's heartwarming to, to hear, but really growing and attracting teachers to your district is something that you've really gotten into and and tell me about that why why is it that you think that's important and, and what are some things that you do to attract and retain those teachers it's pretty interesting because um, at our district very few are not graduates from here or not married to a graduate from here so yeah. that um, that just goes to show again people know what we're about here and I think that it's a great place to work because of that so those people help maintain those high expectations that we have and our core values. So uh, to maintain that, um, we do a couple things. But one thing in Missouri, we have what's called A+. Plus. I don't know if you've heard of the A-plus schools program. It's um, through the state of Missouri. If a school is designated as A-plus, their students have certain requirements that they have to make to receive um, a plus eligibility which would help pay for tuition at a junior college votech school in missouri oh, wow. they have to maintain four years of 95 percent attendance no citizenship violations uh, certain um, things and they are required to tutor um, so we have our tutor our tutoring are set up during our class times where if a student can't take a certain class they might go down to the elementary and tutor or if they're good at science, they might help with the junior high science. And so those kids learn at an early age if they are cut out for education or not. So they, you know, we have one girl who tutored in, uh, I think, pre-K. She's almost ready to graduate with her um, elementary education degree. And so that's somebody that we think, well, we would be interested in interviewing her. Um, for the future, because as you know, there's a seems to be a critical shortage for teachers and it's not anymore. It's not just science and math anymore. It's we're short on agriculture teachers, art teachers, first grade teachers. And I think part of that is due to the pandemic. But, mm -hmm. So, well, yeah, good for you for bringing that out and doing that. It's so important. And uh, uh, kudos uh, for you for, for doing that and, and bringing great people back to your district. That's awesome. And we do, you know, we allow student teachers to come into the district and people come in and observe. We just had a teacher in today to observe our English department um, from another district uh, just to see what goes on here. So it's cool. It's nice to, and you know, like pre-COVID, <laughs> we were more into letting people come visit or observe or whatever. Um, and hopefully things are getting better now. We're hoping that things will be more normal. So. We're all hoping. Carrie, this has been great. Before we get to rapid fire, Carrie, uh, you're, you're an award-winning principal. You're leading a 
a district in a small community in the in, you know middle US USA. What is something else you wanted to share for uh, you know all of the leaders listening? We have the school leaders and different types of leaders listening from New York to California to Texas. What is something that you would say to uh, a school leader or even a parent or possibly a student, right? This time or a year plus of COVID, what would you what would you offer them? Keep the faith, keep running the race. Um, I think that's all we can do. Uh, and I, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, but one of my motivational people is uh, John Gordon. Mm. And he has so many positive quotes and and I follow him on Twitter and Facebook and everything. And I just think some of the things that he says are really good that I try to follow. But uh, one of them is God has something great for you, but you must take action with faith and go through a battle to seize it. It's never going to be easy. It's not supposed to be. The struggle builds your character, fosters humility, develops your strength and makes you appreciate the journey. And I think that's what we do. Um, we keep, keep on keeping on and and then you learn to you have to appreciate it in the end and hope that it all works out so that's i don't know that's just how it is yeah i like it a gratitude mindset a big fan of john gordon as well i think he might watch the show oh really <laughs> tell him hi i hope he's listening <laughs> he will says hi. Terry, here we go. These are these are rapid uh, fire questions. The quick answer, the first thing that comes to your head, are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> She's got a track meet to go to a baseball game to go to. Here we go. Last book you read. Um, the Guest House, I believe it was called. Okay. Last, uh, last movie you saw. Oh, the last movie I saw in a theater would probably have... <laughs> It could be. We saw Kong versus uh, Godzilla in the house. They're all in the house. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh man. Last movie. That's not very rapid, is it? I haven't been to very many movies lately, so you, I'll. You can take uh, a it's all good. I'll say See? Star Wars. It's not it, but go ahead. <laughs> My kids have watched them all, so. I love. I love it. There's a blog coming out this week, little commercial about C3PO. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite place to travel. My favorite place so far is uh, London. Oh. Yeah. What brought you there? We actually took a group of students there. Um, we went to London and Paris on a group trip and uh, had a really great time. So awesome. I would yeah. go back. Yeah. My wife lived a year there. It's a really cool place. And hopefully soon we can travel. How about your favorite music? I listen to all genres. Um, I listen to current Christian music. I'm an 80s rock girl, a um, little bit of country, depending. But, yeah, I'm pretty much an 80s girl. <laughs> Je Jesse's girl. Most, yeah. <laughs> most challenging part of being a principal? Most challenging part? Making difficult decisions that you know will impact somebody else's life. Good answer. <laughs> a pet peeve of yours, something that gets under your skin. People chewing with their mouth open. <laughs> That's just one of them. I have lots of them. <laughs> I'm guilty. Sorry. I don't feel like doing or being blank at four o'clock. Four o'clock p.m. or a.m. P.m. <laughs> oh, 
I don't feel like doing or being blank. blank. Hmm. Anything. <laughs> but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> you can take a pass there. When people walk into your high school, what do you hope they notice or say about your school? I hope they notice the positive culture, um, the cleanliness, the we have good custodial staff that keeps it clean. The floors are shiny. It's an older building, but we usually get a lot of compliments on how well it's maintained. Um, and just the welcomeness that people are welcome in our building. Nice. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Under a hundred bucks. Uh, hmm, thinking. <laughs> um my bible you're you're a strong woman in your faith try to be yes amen i had communion for the first time and we're catholic and uh first time in a long time i was at a family uh service this past weekend so amen um something about carrie greenwell that people do not know about Anything? I don't know if it's interesting or not. I mean, I've been to the top of the Eiffel Tower. Um, I have titanium knees now. I didn't <laughs> do. <laughs> Actually, I have more metal from my knees down probably than most people have in their teeth when they have braces. But uh, yeah, I've had several surgeries. Do they call you the bionic woman? <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't go through an airport. Um, I have to carry my gold card. They have to check out everything if I, I can't walk through those metal sure. detectors. But how about Missouri now? Living in Missouri is fill in the blank. Is one of the greatest places to live. And another fact, Shelbyville is the home of Coach Norm Stewart, who was the coach at Missouri Tigers for a long time. Mm. So he graduated from Shelbyville High School before we consolidated our towns to be North Shelby. So the, the M-O-A-S-S-P, the Missouri Association of Secondary School Principals Conference was fill in the blank. Excellent. Yeah. Energizing, renewing. I thought it was wonderful. And I appreciate all the work that everybody puts into that conference because I know behind the scenes, it takes a lot of work. So. And you were honored there and recognized there. And, and kudos to you for winning that award. Uh, Carrie, you had a great quote there. Um, do you, and you mentioned about giving quotes to your staff. Do you have another one that sticks out to you? Probably. Um, there's a few here, but I'd flag some of them anyway. But um, yeah. five S for team success. You probably have heard that. One is fight for each other. Two is faith. Keep believing. Three, fun. Enjoy it. Four, focus, tune out the distractions, and five is finish strong. So I like that. I have not heard that. I might have to pick that up with my five SWs. And then I also, uh, I keep them on my phone. Like if I see a good quote, I screenshot it and sometimes have to look back at them again. <laughs> so, oh. But I was an English teacher, so that's why I like quotes. Absolutely. Uh, Carrie did a great job. We're right at the 40 minute mark here, which ends our, our podcast time together. Uh, but this is Carrie Greenwell from North Shelbyville. 
uh, Missouri. Uh, Carrie did a nice job, uh, and I appreciate Thank you. you I appreciate your invitation to be on your podcast. I really do. Thank you. Yeah, and I want to celebrate our leaders out there uh, for that MOASP group, as they pronounced it. It was just a great group of uh, leaders, and, and you mentioned uh, uh, Clark and Doug and, and, and their group. So, uh, but congratulations to Carrie and her school district and her family. Uh, Carrie, I have your Twitter there, but if, if someone wanted to talk to you further about how to, how to connect and maybe doing some of the things that you're doing as a school leader, how could they get in touch with you? Uh, they can email me at Carrie. You want the email or? Sure, yeah. Uh, it's Carrie, K-E-R-R-I-G, at nshelby.k12.mo.us. Uh, they can message me on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. So, yeah, they can get a hold of me. <laughs> She's connected, everybody. She's connected. She cool. Uh, well, this was great. We're going to uh, tune out here. Carrie, you stay on the line a second. Uh, but this is uh, Andrew Murata here on uh, Education Leadership Beyond. This was show number 163. Uh, Carrie Greenwell, uh, we're going to sign off. If I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Murata 21. And uh, again, if you're interested in getting writing, you're interested in, in writing a book, uh, come join my workshop May 1st. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and uh, have a great day. Keep rolling. And uh, I like those five Fs, fight, faith, fun, focus, and finish. Kerry Greenwell, everyone. Thanks, Kerry. Thank you. All right. Stay on there. Stay on up.